Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. And as you know, we are celebrating October as Disability Employment Awareness Month. And in my life and at Bender Consulting Services, it is all about employment and freedom for Americans with disabilities. I am so excited with our guest today because, you know, I know this person from years ago. I always have respected him, always thought so highly of him. And here I am, uh, the first week of October, speaking at Merrill Lynch for an event called Merrill Lynch Sponsored Disability Awareness on Wall Street, which I think that is so exciting that they did that. And before I spoke, at the end, there was a panel of uh, speakers, and one of them was Dr. Chris Rosa, and I'm thinking, oh, I've got to get him on my radio show. So fortunately, I was able to get him, and he is not only a great disability leader, but Dr. Christopher Rosa is a friend and, to me, a champion for all Americans with disabilities. So it is my honor to have him on the show. Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Joyce. It's great to be here. It's so great to see you, too. That was yes. a real blessing. Yes, the feeling is mutual. Um, and, Chris, for our listeners throughout the world who do not know you, why don't you take a minute and tell them about yourself and how you became involved with the disability community. Sure. Um, well, um, I, uh, I have uh, Becker's muscular dystrophy, and I've used a wheelchair uh, since I was nine years old. Um, uh, I've always been involved in grassroots advocacy. I started when I was in high school, and uh, uh, as I entered college, I became uh, involved in uh, disability rights advocacy, um, trying to organize and mobilize college students with disabilities across New York State um, to advocate for access and opportunity uh, under Title II of the ADA. And um, I kind of combined my... Uh, my extracurricular work with a scholarly interest and uh, upon graduating Queens College um, with a, a bachelor's degree in sociology, um, I decided that uh, I'd like to continue in that, uh, in that field of study and um, I started studying American disability culture um, and the way, the unique way in which Americans with disabilities construct shared meaning in their own uh, unique, distinctive and empowered way of understanding um, disability and uh, their place in the world, and um, I've since published a lot of uh, a lot of work on on disability culture and how um, people with disabilities construct their own empowered identities. And um, by day, uh, I'm able to apply uh, what I've learned um, in my role as a uni university director for student affairs at uh, City University. We're a really big university system with uh, 450,000 students throughout the system, um, more than uh, 9,000 of which are students with disabilities. But I've also been able to parlay it into some scholarly interests um, here at CUNY. We've launched a graduate program in disability studies. Um, 
and more recently, we were the successful bidder um, to serve as the home of uh, the Society for Disability Studies, which is the International Professional Association of Disability Studies Scholars. So um, there's a lot of, uh, of disability rights activism going on here at City University um, and a lot of disability scholarship. And we're sort of like a hub of a really vibrant disability community here in New York City. Um, there's a, it's really a hotbed for activism and scholarship and art. And um, I'm just kind of pleased to feel as though I'm at the, at the epicenter of that. So I guess that's me in a nutshell. All right. You know, Chris, one question that many of our listeners ask, which I'm going to ask you, what caused, you know, there are many people with disabilities, but not everyone has that courage and fortitude and initiative that you have to become a leader and a champion and an advocate. What, what would you attribute to that decision? Well, I've always been very lucky, Joyce, um, to have uh, remarkable mentors and role models. Um, and, um, you know, early on in, in my experiences with disability, um, I met real activists who were able to uh, to kind of blaze a path for me um, to teach me core lessons in advocacy um, and um, and those are the people who I look up to as my heroes and my role models and um, and I think more recently I, I hope that me and the colleagues with whom I work are able to do the same thing for a generation of, of people with disabilities to come and I think that is so important I really do, because as Yoshiko Dart always says, we need those young leaders. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We need other people following right along. Absolutely, and I, I mean, I think that uh, I've been so impressed. Um, I work a lot, obviously, with college students with disabilities, and I've really been so impressed by um, this generation, this cohort of college students. Um, you know, they come to uh, the experience of college and, and their um, vision for work and the lives that lie before them with different expectations, I think, than the generations that preceded them. Um, I think they really expect equal access and opportunity. Um, I think they're a little bit more savvy when it comes to understanding um, how to leverage um, equal access um, to programs, facilities, and resources. And um, I think that, you know, they've grown up with technology and, um, you know, a technology that really has the power to to empower uh, people with disabilities. And and yet... uh, it's all those raw materials um, uh, would sort of lie dormant were it not for um, role models, you know, people like you and, and other advocates uh, for people with disabilities who have really blazed the path to create these great opportunities that lie before them. Well, we are all in this together, that is for certain. And you know what, um uh, I was telling all of you at the beginning of the show, I've known Chris for a while. I know Chris from the days of the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities, which, of course, you know, when it was dissolved, 
became ODEP, the Office of Disability Employment Policy, as we know it today, which is part of the Federal Department of Labor. But, uh, Chris, I, I wondered if you could talk for a minute about your work with the President's Committee. Uh, it, was, it was one of the best times of my life. Um, I mean, just the, the opportunity to serve with you and those tremendous leaders on, on, the, uh, on the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities was such a, a, a humbling experience. Um, you know, I, was, I had always uh, heard of the President's Committee and the historic role it had played in, in, the, uh, in the passage of, of 504 of the Rehabilitation Act and in developing um, both the regulations for, the, for 504 of the Rehab Act and then later on laying the groundwork um, uh, of expectations and um, the parameters for the ADA um, and just the greats who have, who have been associated with the President's Committee over the years, Justin Dart and Tony Quello, people who are just the real heroes in in our community, and just the opportunity to be uh, associated with that group and and to get to know those folks was just it was such a, a remarkable experience. It really it changed my life. Um, it changed the way I, I understood our community. I mean, we, I was I've always considered myself to be fairly well integrated into the disability community, but I never had a sense of. Um, just how large we are and, and our weight and our gravitas as, as, a, as a group until I, I became involved and got to witness just the great leadership um, by our colleagues on the President's Committee. And um, it's since evolved into something, um, uh, I think, much more stable um, in, in the, uh, the, the Office of Disability Employment Policy. It now has a multi-million dollar budget um, for programs and, and for operations operations, which uh, was something that we never really had when it was the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities. So it's involved into something important that I think is going to have a real impact on employment opportunities for people with disabilities. But um, as good a work as they, I'm sure they're, and I know they're doing now, it just never f quite feels the same. I mean, we felt like we were on the ground floor of something really special. Um, the, the lay leadership of, of the President's Committee was something that made it so unique and so special, um, you know, it was like it was citizens who who were empowered to really make a difference on behalf uh, of people with disabilities and. Um, the center of the disability universe in the United States once a year was the annual uh, President's Committee annual conference. It was where you could find anyone who was anyone uh, in, in disability rights and advocacy. And it was just a special time, I think, in the history of the American disability rights movement. And I think we'll appreciate that more and more the more distance we have from the, the life of the President's Committee. Uh, you know what? I couldn't agree with you more because I'm going to tell you something. Those were some of the best experiences, really, even in my life in the disability community. Because you would go to the President's Committee, of, you know, you have Tony Quello when I was involved as the chairman. And just as Christopher mentioned, you know, before that, in years before that, Justin Dart. But then, you know, Judy Human, Pat Wright, you know, just all these great leaders, you know, at all the meetings, all these civil rights leaders. Um, and it was just truly an experience that is hard to describe. Oh, it really was. And uh, I just feel privileged to have experienced it. And it really changed my perspective. It you know, changed my understanding of, of who I was in relationship to a larger community. And, um, you know, we owe that group a, uh, a large debt. Um, they, you know, they, they were... 
tremendous advocates for the civil rights of people with disabilities. Yes, and you know what happened is that uh, former Congressman Quello, who's the author of the ADA, went to President Clinton before he left and said, you know, President's Committee versus it being standalone needs to be part of the Federal Department of Labor. And, of course, that's what ended up happening, and it was then called the Office of Disability Employment Policy, which it is today. And, you know, that really is an amazing time period. But, boy, those people that played all those parts in history, we owe them so much for what they did over the years. You're certainly right, Joyce. Well, listen, we're going to talk more about this as soon as we come back from break. Right now, you're listening to Dr. Christopher Rosa, who is the University Director of Student Affairs for Disability and Veterans Services for the City University of New York. He is a great champion and civil rights leader for all Americans with disabilities. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop, voiceamerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcast each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. 
conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We have a friend of mine and a friend of yours, Dr. Christopher Rosa, University Director of Student Affairs for Disability and Veterans Services for the City University of New York, CUNY, as our guest today. And I am so excited to have him on as we are celebrating National Disability Employment Awareness Month. We were talking prior to this about the work you've done, but we need to talk about the work you're doing right now, Chris. Sure. So why don't you tell us about your work as the City University of New York's Director of Student Affairs for Disability and Veteran Services. Great. Well, I'm... Uh... It's been a great opportunity for me to work at City University. Um, first of all, uh, it's really a big part of my identity. Um, I, I did my undergraduate work there and my graduate work at the City University uh, Graduate Center. And uh, so for the opportunity for me to come back um, as, a, as a professional and try to make a difference for students with disabilities at a place that created so much opportunity for me is, uh, is, is just really meaningful for me. Um, we're really proud of the role that people with disabilities play um, at our university. As I mentioned earlier, um, CUNY is uh, the nation's largest public urban university system. We have more than 450,000 students, um, 9,000 of which are, are students um, who have declared themselves as individuals with disabilities to our 19 disability services offices on our campuses. And um, they they, uh, we pride ourselves at CUNY on our, on our really rich diversity. Um, you know, we have people from uh, more than 160 nations and more than 68 different languages are spoken um, uh, by students at our university. And um, we're very proud of the, the richness that students with disabilities add to that diversity. Um, you know, we're a place that really celebrates disability culture um, and, and we're proud to celebrate the distinctive contributions that people with disabilities make to all aspects of university life. Um, our students are well represented in student leadership. Um, they play a large role in governing the university and governing their peers at the university. Um, we have world-class faculty who are actively engaged in research that impacts on, on the lives and opportunities of people with disabilities. And we're particularly proud that the experiences of people with disabilities at CUNY are represented in the curriculum. Um, we have a graduate program at CUNY in Disability Studies, um, which, uh, of course, uh, Disability Studies is an emerging discipline, a multidisciplinary perspective that studies the experiences of people with disabilities from the unique perspective of individuals with disabilities. And um, we have a graduate certificate program. Um, we're on the cusp of making it into a full-fledged master's degree program. And... Um, we have just some really great scholars who participate in the, in the program who are doing really leading-edge research on um, the uh, disability experience in, in the United States and beyond and what it means to be an American with a disability. And um, 
more recently, as I mentioned, we're really proud to host the executive offices of the Society for Disability Studies, which is the International Professional Association of Disability Studies Scholars um, here at CUNY. Um, so um, the work I do is really just promoting uh, the full inclusion and full participation of people with disabilities um, at CUNY in all aspects of university life. And it, it's a great job, and, and it, it's, uh, it, it makes coming to work very meaningful and a lot of fun. And what does it mean, the part about veteran services? Uh, I'm sorry, Joyce? You also work with veteran services? Yes. Um, I mean, a big part of my portfolio is working with um, uh, CUNY's veterans, and um, we have more than 2,500 veterans and reservists enrolled at the university, and that places CUNY among the top 10 uh, in enrollment to veterans and reservists among American colleges and universities. And um, part of my role is to ease their transition uh, from school uh, to active duty as they're deployed, and we have several hundred students right now who are deployed and serving in, in Iraq and Afghanistan, and um, that's a formidable challenge, but even more formidable is easing their transition back from military service to participation in community life, and in particular in higher education. And so um, largely my role in that regard is transition services, um, you know, working to help uh, students with disability, uh, excuse me, veteran students, and in particular veterans with disabilities as they transition to and from uh, military service to higher education. And um, as you know, Joyce, this is, um, there's been an unprecedented number of, of uh, servicemen and women who have returned from conflicts in, Af in Afghanistan and Iraq uh, with service-related disabilities. We're seeing them in growing numbers, uh, returning to CUNY and other higher ed institutions um, to, to, for retraining uh, in the effort to reenter the workforce in their communities with disabilities, and um, it's a formidable challenge. Um, there, you know, there's there are individuals who have very significant disabilities, uh, traumatic brain injury, PTSD, um, and uh, the disability service community um, is is really having to to ratchet up its efforts to meet the need of this burgeoning population. I know that is so true because, um, as you recall, I am a woman with epilepsy, right. and I am also the senior vice chair of the National Epilepsy Foundation. And we are doing a lot of work in this area because, just as uh, Chris mentioned, so many people are coming back from this war with traumatic brain injury. So many of them then end up having epilepsy. And so many of them, as you mentioned, have post-traumatic stress disorder. And here's the problem. A lot of these people are not gaining employment easily. So this is something that we all have to work on together because, you know, if you're going to go fight for me, you know, when you come back, we owe it to this group of people to find them employment. So I'm really happy to hear that you're doing all that. The great thing about it from our perspective, Joyce, is that um, even though it's a real challenge to meet the needs of this, you know, very deserving population of, of individuals with disabilities, um, we feel as though um, we gain so much more by having them as part of our university community. Um, we're, we're a university that values leadership and tries to teach leadership as a core value to our students. 
and who better to teach leadership than our military service men and women? Um, peer-to-peer, they're the best people who, uh, to teach all of us about what it means to lead and to sacrifice on behalf of others. Um, but, you know, the other, the other part of it is, um, you know, they, they're, they are in a position to help to galvanize the disability rights community in terms of advocacy and activism. If you look throughout the course of the disability rights movement at its earliest stages and at its most critical times, it's, it's been veterans who have really kind of led the way. Um, rather than looking at the disability community as a marginalized group of people economically and politically, um, people tend to pay attention to veterans. You know, they're, 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 they come from working class and middle class backgrounds. They're people who, uh, who have participated in ri- richly in the community and to service to the community. And when they return from war and return from active duty, they come back to us expecting certain things, expecting civil rights, expecting full participation and inclusion. And those are really good expectations for our community to have. Um, and, and I think that, um, People, the powers that be, members of uh, you know of Congress, sit up and take notice when uh, veterans with disabilities are speaking alongside other formidable advocates for people with disabilities. So I think this is a real shot in the arm uh, if we handle it right to the to the American disability community. I agree with you, and you know what? Before we go on, I want you to take a moment and just tell everyone about your academic background. Sure. Um, uh, my undergraduate work is uh, in philosophy and sociology, and um, I was really taken with uh, the sociological perspective, um, particularly um, from the perspective of giving us an alternative to the medical model as a way of understanding disability and the way in which um, uh, it comes to acquire meaning in different in different social contexts. And because of that, I went on and pursued a, a Ph.D. in sociology at the Graduate Center at the City University of New York, um, where I kind of took on a, a distinctive interest in disability studies. And uh, my doctoral research and most of my, my research since then has been focused on um, American disability culture, um, which is premised on the notion that uh, uh, Americans with disabilities have a distinctive culture, a distinctive life world, a distinctive way of understanding themselves and their experiences that offers an alternative vision to the um, an empowered vision to an alter- as an alternative to the more stigmatizing and pitiable images that. Um, typically have been afforded uh, people with disabilities throughout the course of American history. And um, and I study the processes by which um, people with disabilities make meaning and, and create these uh, alternative meaning systems as a way of understanding the world and their place in it. Oh, what a great area to be working in and how true that is. I mean, that stigma is so overwhelming and such a well that's one of the reasons we still have this high unemployment rate in the United States that we have today. So hopefully that's going to change. You bet. Well listen, we're gonna be going to break here, but before we go to break, if you just tuned in, if you just joined us, we have Doctor for Doctor Christopher Rosa, University Director of Student Affairs for Disability and Veterans Services from CUNY. And let me tell you what, if you're looking for a great speaker, 
This is the person you want to get, Dr. Christopher Rosa, our guest today. If you just tuned in, don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters on voiceamerica.com. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face, is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and Free Your Mind. Open your heart and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists, and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. From our home to your speakers, VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, our guest today is Dr. Christopher Rosa from CUNY and a civil rights leader in the United States for Americans with Disabilities. Uh, Chris, I want to ask you a question. You know, when you were talking about all the uh, students, you have how many students with disabilities declared? Uh, more than 9,000 students with disabilities. All right. Now, why, and I know you've heard this before, 
because you were on the President's Committee. Sure. Why is this? I'll go to these conferences or I'll go to a meeting where there's, you know, all these corporate leaders and they say, we call universities, we call the disability services offices, and they tell us, sorry, you'll have to talk to career services. So then we talk to career, call career services and they say, sorry, we cannot tell you if the person has a disability. So how the heck do you find students with disabilities? Well, I mean, I think it's a little short-sighted for disability services offices um, not to be responsive when it comes to uh, uh, employment of people with disabilities. I mean, clearly, colleges and universities have a more global mission than than purely employment. And so um, lots of times it's just a matter of disability services uh, offices feeling overwhelmed in terms of their obligations to provide equal access and opportunity for students with disabilities and seeing anything beyond that, like developing and promoting career development for students with disabilities as beyond the scope of their responsibility. But the reality is, is those are the folks who understand the issues best. Those are the people who have direct access um, to to students with disabilities who will be prospective candidates with disabilities. And um, I really think that it involves um, disability services offices forging stronger partnerships with career services offices on campuses. And then both of those groups working very closely with members of the corporate community so that you have this, um, you know, this very powerful triad uh, of of groups providing linking really highly qualified candidates with um, with opportunities um, and you know there's a workforce uh, you know a real workforce shortage issue uh, among uh, American corporations they're seeking a more diverse workforce and students with disabilities are better prepared than ever before to take advantage of uh, of competitive employment opportunities so it just I just think that um, uh, colleges and universities need to be less siloed. Um, there needs to be greater collaboration among uh, student services units, more specifically disability services and career services. And we have to forge stronger relationships with uh, with industry and the corporate community. And um, if we do that, I think you'll you'll see that uh, um, students with disabilities will be the best way to market. Um, the, the capacity of other students with disabilities. Absolutely. I am telling you that when I work with a company, I tell them when they say, oh, Joyce, thank you, I'll tell them, listen, I'm not the one that's going to sell this program. It, it is my employees, and it is. It's the people with disabilities. When you hire a person with a disability, that is what will make you realize that you should be focusing on ability and on diversity in the workforce and how much this person brings to the workforce. That's what will change your mind. But for someone listening to the show today, if they are interested in working with CUNY, what would be the appropriate protocol? Well, I think the the best thing for them to do was at CUNY we have a really unique opportunity. Um, we've we've kind of. Uh, 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 among the disability services professionals and student leaders among uh, among uh, the students with disabilities here at CUNY, we've kind of lamented the same problems that uh, that you've just described. That there seem to be a really rich pool of qualified candidates uh, here at our colleges, and and there seem to be. Uh, 
career opportunities available for students with disabilities, but then there's just the gap um, in, in making those, those linkages and connections. And so what we've done here is um, we've kind of entered a historic partnership uh, where our disability services professionals collaborating with our career services offices have signed a, a, a memorandum of understanding with VESID, which is our state vocational rehabilitation agency. And together, we have partnered the, the higher, higher ed system in CUNY and uh, the VR system in VESID have partnered with the corporate community to create um, this nexus of, of support and connection between the three areas to ensure that we identify students with disabilities early on who are eager, uh, willing, able, and ready to work, uh, that we work and collaborate with VR to make sure that they're career ready to make sure that we teach students with disabilities not only their core curricula, uh, but also the soft skills that, that anyone needs in order to be successful in the job search. And at the back end of it, we've lined up um, and done the job development necessary to uh, match uh, these very talented candidates with uh, desperately needed uh, Position vacancies at uh, at you know at some of our our you know Fortune 500 employers um, who uh, are headquartered here in New York City, and so we're very optimistic about this new arrangement. Um, anybody who would be interested um, in in uh, in you know, in any way contributing to this very powerful nexus of resources uh, could contact me. And would it be okay to give yes, go right my number? Ahead. Please, mm -hmm. you can call me uh, at area code 646-344-7257, or you can email me at christopher.rosa at mail.cuny.edu. And we would be pleased. This is a, you know, a burgeoning project, um, but there's a lot of excitement around it. Everybody understands its impact uh, and its potential. Oh, that is wonderful. And especially when you have so many students, at, you know, at the school, that is fantastic. Yeah, just to put it in perspective, there are uh, 36,000 students in New York State uh, uh, who are enrolled in uh, degree programs at colleges and universities in New York State. So it means if if you're a student with a disability, if you're a student with a disability, your chances are one in four that you're a CUNY. Wow! How about that? That's amazing. Well, I will look forward to coming there visiting you. I uh, we'd love to have you, I Joyce. I'd love to do that. We'd love to have you speak with our students. I would love to do that because I just think it's so great what you're doing there. Well, now, as I said earlier, I've known Dr. Rosa for a long time because we met on the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities, and I was involved in he during the time, well, me specifically, when Tony Quello was the chairman, and prior to those years, it was people like Justin Dart and just so many great leaders. But it was really an unbelievable time in the disability community. But you know what we were all about, employment. Why do you think we still have this high unemployment? Well, um, I think there are some real...
stubborn structural factors uh, that contribute to the high rate uh, of unemployment uh, of people with disabilities. Um, there are some very serious disincentives to working that are created by the benefit systems that that people with disabilities rely upon for their independent living. And even though there are there are really um, promising work incentive programs like uh, Ticket to Work and the, and WIA. Um, People with disabilities are still really very much afraid um, to risk uh, the disability benefits, um, access to, to Medicaid, which funds their, you know, their personal assistance services um, and, and their health care. Um, and people with disabilities are, are very rightly and understandably so very protective of those resources and are reluctant uh, to do anything that could jeopardize those resources. And... Um, you know, I, I, as, a, as a disability community, we haven't done enough to educate ourselves about how to tap work incentive programs, how to educate people with disabilities about the extent to which um, their access to those key benefits resources are protected, even if they try work. Um, and so I think we need to do better about about um, understanding work incentives programs as a way of breaking down those potential disincentives to competitive employment. I do think that there still is a lot of stigma uh, about disability um, that uh, you know that may not uh, rear its ugly head, but exists just below the surface, and results in a lot of unemployment. Contributes to unemployment among people with disabilities, and contributes to underemployment of people with disabilities, uh, where people with disabilities are thought of as appropriate candidates for you know for certain certain discrete uh, industries. And, uh, and then even once in those industries are not given the opportunity for advancement and to be thought of in, in you know, in supervisory and managerial roles, uh, just sort of hit a, a glass ceiling. Um, so I think that those, those are some factors that uh, contribute to it. And then, you know, the absence of, of, um, uh, soft skills for people with disabilities. The, the, the disincentives contribute uh, to an inability for people with disabilities to acquire the same portfolio that other job seekers acquire as they um, try to gain entry-level employment. I mean, most college students um, uh, w without disabilities have uh, sub some, some substantial work experiences uh, by the time they're ready to apply for their first meaningful jobs. They've, they've engaged in summer employment. They've engaged in internships. And for a host of factors, students with disabilities as a whole have not had access to those same opportunities, largely because those summer opportunities are always very physical and labor-intensive or in-service industry work. Um, and, you know, a lot of students with disabilities and you know, in high school and in college don't have access to those same work opportunities, and that really puts them at a distinct disadvantage. Um, and so part of the, what we're working on in, in the project that I described, this collaboration between CUNY Vested and the corporate community, is to provide mentoring opportunities. And we participate very richly in National Disability Mentoring Day, which is going to be uh, October 17th um, uh, next week, and uh, we're going to be celebrating it here in New York City through the uh, mayor's, the mayor's office for people with disabilities. Um, but we're going to participate richly in that to make sure that our students have mentoring experiences, something that's so crucial 
to uh, participating in, in competitive employment. Uh, we're also going to try to link them to, to internships, paid and unpaid, just so that they're able to acquire a portfolio that would position them to compete for uh, entry-level employment opportunities once they graduate. Well, I'll tell you what, so many of these things I agree with because people with disabilities have lost out on that socialization process. But together, I feel if we work together, we can keep making strides forward. But no mistake about it, we have still a long way to go. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Before we close the show, if you just joined us, we're talking to Dr. Christopher Rosa, University Director of Student Affairs for Disability and Veteran Services For CUNY in New York, he is a champion for all people with disabilities. We'll be right back. You're listening to America's Voice with Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com Want to feel healthier, happier, and more positive about life? To experience more love, romance, and joy? Looking for ideas for delicious date nights and romantic dining destinations? Enchanted meals for you and loved ones? Or recipes for successful love relationships? Helping Mediterranean and California cuisine? Positive living with eco-friendly tips? Tune into Romancing the Table with modern-day goddess Cynthia Dodona on the Voice America Women's Radio Network, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and Free Your Mind. Open your heart and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com. 
If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. We are talking to Dr. Christopher Rosa from CUNY. And you know what? If you're listening to the show today and you're saying, wow, I love this information, make sure you tell your friends because remember, all these shows are archived on BenderConsult.com and on VoiceAmerica.com. Again, BenderConsult.com and VoiceAmerica.com. All the shows are archived. You know, if you go to aapd.com, you'll see this show is advertised on their front page and throughout other disability groups in the United States. But you will be able to link back and listen to this show. And I'm also happy to tell you that every show is real-time captioned for all of our family members in the deaf community. So make sure you spread the word about this show with Dr. Christopher Rosa. You know what? I bet what you're surprised about is this, how fast time went, right? I'm sorry, Trace? How fast time went. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Every time I have someone like you on, which is, of course, someone I really like and that I think is so awesome, it's as if I just started talking to you and, like, the show is almost over. It's amazing. So I want to skip ahead and ask you um a few things. One is I wanted you to talk for a minute a little bit more about your work as an adjunct faculty member, you know, a little bit more on exactly what are in your classes, what are you teaching? Sure. Well, by day I am a mild-mannered uh, middle manager at uh, at this large university, um, and I love that work because it's it's the it's the nitty gritty work which really links students with disabilities to opportunities in the classroom and outside of it. But the uh, the teaching is uh, is just a really great change of pace for me. It allows me to kind of shake off the coils of uh, of bureaucratic administration and uh, just get into the classroom where I work with really great students. And together, we're really able to explore um, in a very intimate um, and expansive way um, issues that impact upon the way that we understand our experiences with disabilities. Um, I teach courses about uh, disability culture and disability studies, and um, we explore um, how all of us, how people with disabilities and people without disabilities um, interact with each other and in doing so create disability, create an, our understanding of, of what disability is and what it means in different cultural contexts. And, um, you know, we, we take a long, hard look at our, at our current social realities and our current cultural realities in terms of people with disabilities and the extent to which they're valued in, um, you know, in, in our call, in the contemporary American society. And we also understand that it, that it need not be that way necessarily. That uh, you know that a lot of the stigma that that people with disabilities experience um, is not rooted in any intrinsic limitation uh, um, 
you know that that's uh, endemic to a particular disability uh that so much of of the limitations that we've come to culturally associate with disabilities are, are constructed by people who bring their own value systems to the experience and that's why disability culture is such a powerful concept um because it's a it's you know a group of individuals who understand from a first-hand perspective um a very different uh experience with disability, um, one um, that allows us to define ourselves and our experiences in the most uh, pride-evoking and empowering terms. And, you know, when you see disability through that lens, so many of the phenomena that we associate with things like, um, you know, structural unemployment for people with disabilities and, discri and discrimination wither away. And um, it, it, it's, it, I think it's heartening because um, it takes a long time to uh, dismantle discrimination. But you realize that in, in a very real sense, while legislation is important, the reality is that um, you, you eliminate discrimination against people with disabilities in any group, one interaction, one act at a time. And when you realize that and you realize the tremendous power that people with disabilities have to change their own circumstances, um, it's very empowering, very humbling at the same time. And we realize that we're keepers of a sacred trust, you know, that, that our disability rights legacy is, is something that, uh, you know, that, that defines us and allows us and empowers us to shape our futures. And, um, and it's those types of things that we're able to talk about very richly in, in the classes. So you could understand why, um, you know, it's in many respects, it's a nice alternative to the day job. You know what I'm going to do is I just am going to have to have you back on sometime to talk about disability culture. Oh, we'd, I'd love that. Because I think that is so important. You know, I've heard John Kemp speak about this many times, and I've heard, you know, a few people talk about it, but I always tell people until you realize there is a culture and it's not the sick culture, you know, a culture of people versus the medical model, you know, we need to really, you know, teach that and educate people. So we'll have to have you come back on sometime next year to talk about that. I'd love that. But, you know, just, just to add to that, the, the core value, a core value of the culture is embodied in, in the notion of reasonable accommodations, which, of course, is so essential to equal rights for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And at least in terms of our values, what reasonable accommodation says is that if you level the playing field, um, that all people with disabilities want is a level playing field and the ability to be held accountable to the same standards as everyone else. And, um, you know, that's the essence of, I, I think, of disability culture. It's, it's the, the core value that informs the disability rights movement. And, and it's really what ultimately will allow people with disabilities to enter the workforce in, in tremendous numbers. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I just think that's so important that that's why I think we should, you know, dedicate a show sometime just talking about that one issue. That would be great. Yes. And, Chris, I wanted to move ahead for a minute. You know, you have already accomplished so much in your life, and I know you have accomplished so much that some people thought you would not accomplish because I know how people 
you know, talk or relate to people with disabilities, including things people have said to me in my life, you know, about my epilepsy and the fact that, wow, look where you are. You know, there's two extremes. You either have this hero phenomena or you have the belief, well, they couldn't do it because they're inferior. It's one extreme or the other. But you have accomplished a lot. So I, I know this next question will be hard to answer, but I ask every guest these last two questions. And the first is, what are you the proudest of at this time in your life? Um, I think uh, the thing that I'm most proud of is, uh, it sounds uh, strange, but it's um, uh, I'm very blessed to have two beautiful nieces, Isabella, six years old, and Sophia, uh, three years old. And um, I'm very proud of the relationship that uh, uh, me and my family have been able to to grow with them. You know, my my nieces, Sophia, Isabella and Sophia, um, have only known uh, me and my brother John, who's also in a wheelchair, as their uncles who use a wheelchair. And um, the way that they've grown up, um, they think of wheelchair use as something very natural, as disability is something very usual and natural. Um, they never wished that their uncles were any different. Um, you know, they never, they never uh, wished or felt as though they were missing out on anything. And actually, my my niece Isabella, um, when she saw pictures of me in my younger days before I used the wheelchair, she seemed quite upset by it, as if there was something really important missing. And um, more than anything else, I'm proud of them and proud of the relationship with them, well, but well, proud of the way they understand disability. And that is something to be so proud of. So so in closing there, Chris, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, that, uh, that remember during this October that this is really a unique opportunity to renew your commitment to equal access and opportunity for people with disabilities. Um, remember, it's always to advocate um, for people with disabilities to have a level playing field and just to have the opportunity to compete. If they compete, um, the rest will take care of itself. And I will end with a quote from Congressman Tony Coelho, who said, former congressman, who said, We want the right to be fired. Give us that right. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters on voiceamerica.com. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.